You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. For those of you that were here the, the last service of 2019, we end it with Shredder Sunday, yeah? Who left some junk in 2019? All right, that's what I like to see. And then we progress to Vision Sunday. Not the vision of Awaken Church, but man, what is the vision for our lives? What is it that God is calling us to do individually? And I know just talking from so many people, even some in my connect group, God downloaded things they had never seen before. And then we, then we progress to Freedom Sunday because there's a spiritual component to this thing, right? The struggle is not just, not against flesh and blood but against powers and rulers and authorities in the dark world. And we took, we took control over those things. And now we're moving, we're switching into connection. Kicking off connect groups uh, next week. And really that's what I'm gonna be talking about, the power of connection. And I, I, I don't know about you, but even before I was a Christian, I used to spend a lot of time thinking, you know, what, what is the purpose of life? Like, what, what is, what am I here for? Uh, I remember just, I used to drive my friends crazy. We used to, you know, do some things we shouldn't have been doing and smoke some things we shouldn't have been smoking. And when we were smoking those things, I, I would sit around and I, and I would say, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. Like, you know, like, what, what is that? We would be looking up at Virginia Beach, on, you know, at the stars and just like, Man, this, this ocean, it didn't get here by itself. Like, what is it all here for? And I remember, you know, meeting Jesus and, you know, just knowing, man, this, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm on the right track. But since becoming a Christian in 1999, I've been, really, I've been really obsessed, sometimes even a little unhealthy obsessed to, man, God, what did you call me to do? I, I, wanna, I wanna leave this earth knowing that I fulfilled the purpose you created me for. I, I've never really struggled so much with wishing I was like somebody else or, you know, being jealous of somebody's gifts. I just wanted to know what is my place? Where, where do I fit in? Because I never felt like I fit in, definitely prior to being a Christian and then coming into his church, I, I, I just found like the, this family that, that I had been looking for, you know, but I don't know if that resonates with anyone, you know, where, where do I fit? What, are, what am I here for? What is my purpose? You know, God, you knit me together in my mother's womb, but for what? You know, and I, I just, you know, unfortunately, I don't know the statistics on this, but I would just say, you know, nationwide as a church, I'm not too sure how many people actually discover what that is. And I remember a few years ago, I believe it was John Brevere was here, and uh, we, I don't know if it was his video or we showed a video, but it kind of, um, portrayed two men going into heaven uh, before the judgment seat of Christ. And they're, they're kind of waiting to go in front of God. And they, they say, Pastor Stevens, you know, please come forward. And this guy, you know, Pastor C or Stevens, he's kind of looking around and he's like, well, you know, my name's Stephen, but I'm, a, I'm an accountant. I wasn't a, a pastor. And then he calls an accountant forward, but they were actually a pastor when, you know, God had created them and wired them, you know, to be an accountant. So, I'm not afraid of too many things, but one thing I could stand here and tell you I'm afraid of is coming to meet Jesus one day and, you know, not knowing that I left it all on the field, you know, not getting that, that, well, done, that well done and good and faithful servant. So in order to fulfill 
our lives calling and really figure out, you know, why am I here, Jesus? Why did you create me? We need to look to our model. We need to look to Jesus because would you agree with me when I say that Jesus, without a shadow of a doubt, he fulfilled his calling, yes or yes? Absolutely he did. So I want to look at what did he do? How did he do it? And then I want to emulate that. I want to, I want, success always leaves clues, whether it's in the spiritual world, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, success always leaves clues. And if we're wise enough to learn from those that went before us, especially Jesus, then, you know, we don't have to repeat many mistakes that people ahead of us made. We don't have to fall into similar cycles that our parents fell into and, and things along these lines. But when you really look at it and you kind of peel everything back, Jesus accomplished his life calling through connection, through connection. And the title of my message tonight is called Connecting the Dots because I believe, you know, scripture shows us about four main areas of connection. And you, you remember those, those little connect the dots things when we were kids? You know, I used to, my mom used to get me some of those books and, you know, you just follow one, two, three, and, you know, and then, you know, you're, you're like a hundred numbers and then a picture starts to form. Uh, you know, you, your, your life starts to take shape and you kind of begin to see glimpses of, man, you know, th this is where God's taking me or this is what that picture is going to be. So, I, I, I came up with four dots. I say I came up with, I just read in the Bible, you know, um, you know what, what I saw Jesus do and looked at what were those four areas? What was dot number one? What was dot number two? What was dot number three? And I found if we just consistently keep connecting those dots in our life, then our, our vision, our purpose, our calling, it's going to unfold. And it's been happening in my life. I know it works. It really does. And, and I see it in so many other lives, you know, across Awakened Church and, you know, just across, um, you know, the church in general. But dot number one, connection point number one, it seems very obvious, but there's no way we could skip over it. It's just Jesus had a connection with his father. Jesus had a connection with God. You see throughout the scriptures, Pastor um, Jurgen mentioned it this morning, quite often Jesus would withdraw and he would just go spend alone time, quiet time, with God. He would char, recharge, he would reload, he would just get ready for battle, and then he would go out to serve the people that he was called to serve, and serve the people that he was to die for, but never could have done that without that connection. And in John 15, five, I, I love this scripture, I think about it every day, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but he says, yes, I am the vine. This is Jesus talking here. You are the branches. Those that remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, we can do nada. Not a thing, not a thing. The, the reason why I say I think about it every day, when Claudia and I moved to San Diego, we just thought it was the coolest thing that you could like buy fruit trees and leave them outside. Um, it, it just doesn't work like that in Connecticut. So, you know, we went to the, you know, we went to, you know, whatever, wherever you buy trees from. And, and we were, you know, looking at lemon trees and lime trees and avocado trees. And I really just wanted to get one, but I couldn't decide between lemons, limes, they're all, oranges. They're all so cool. So, you know, one, one, of the, uh, one of the ladies just said, well, why, why don't you just get all of them? And I'm like, oh, I, I just want to get one tree. No, she's like, no, I mean, just get all of them on one tree. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? And she's like, let me show you our fruit salad tree. 
So she walks me over to this tree that was, I guess, originally a lemon tree. But what they did was they grafted in five other, they grafted in a lime branch, they grafted in four different varieties of oranges. And if you go to my backyard right now, you'll, you'll see, you know, just oranges and lemons and limes, you know, growing from this one tree. And what happens is when, when we make that connection with Jesus in our life, we tap into the power source. We tap into that original tree, that vine where all life flows from. And if you go look at, you know, the oranges on my tree or the lemons or the lime, they're not stressing out trying to grow. You know, they're not working hard, you know, to get bigger. They're just staying connected, you know, to the vine. And it's a very, very simple concept. But if our Lord and Savior Jesus, to accomplish his uh, purpose, had to take time every single day just to connect with him, how can we expect to go through life successfully without doing the exact same thing? And, you know, the, 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 the thing is this, is for me, this, this whole sermon is really interesting for me because I, I've realized that I can't succeed in life. I can't accomplish what he's called me to accomplish without being connected to him and other people that we're about to talk about. But this was always very difficult for me uh, just because growing up, I, I kind of had that me against the world mentality. I came from a dysfunctional family. I was hurt by people that should have cared for me as a child and, you know, just, you know, kind of cheated by a lot of people. So I had a hard time trusting. I had a hard time opening up, you know, so it was just like me against the world. I'm doing this thing on my own. I'm not letting anybody in. And then, you know, I remember being 21 years old and on the USS Arctic, AOE-8, a Navy vessel. And we're, we were deploying overseas. We left uh, Norfolk, Virginia to be gone for six months. And during the first couple days going across the Atlantic Ocean, man, I had an encounter with Jesus. It was just a regular guy that was living his faith out loud, saw I was having a bad day, and just started talking to me, you know? And his words just really resonated with me. And, um, and, and, I, and I remember, you know, this was a guy I knew and um, I always just thought he was really strange. You know, not, just not, not, not like he didn't do anything strange, but he was always happy when everybody else was depressed. Um, he was always talking about how much he loved his wife when everybody else was cheating on there. You know, like, you know, and I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, like this, what, this is, you know, and I know that's bad to say, but he just stood out, you know, and he would always have a smile on his face, always be respectful when everyone else is just miserable and trying to tear you down. And I remember during that conversation, I just said, I said, Sheldon, you know, what do you have and, and how do I get it? And he just kind of smiled and he said, follow me. We went to this little storeroom on the ship and I just, he led me through a simple prayer and I asked Jesus into my heart and I can't say fireworks went off, you know, or anything crazy, but inside, I, I just felt like the best way to describe it was a drop of peace. Like in, inside of me, it was always chaos. It was always anxiety. It was always depressed. It was always this, you know, just this unsettled emptiness, you know, never feeling fulfilled. And I just felt like, whoa, you know, all I knew is I, I, I prayed to this Jesus and in response, I, I felt something physical and tangible. And 
this was on the beginning of a six-month deployment, and uh, this, this gentleman that led me to Christ, he'd wake me up every morning at 3.30. We'd get down in the chapel together. We'd pray and worship for an hour before work. Uh, we'd have an hour lunch. We'd read the Bible together at night. If we, We'd go to the gym, and we'd just share Jesus with other people on the boat. And, and in six months, this is my first six months as a Christian, never set foot in a church, just establishing that relationship with them. And in those six months, um, we had 63 people on this ship come to Christ, give their lives to Christ. It was absolutely amazing. It spread like wildfire. And I, I, I can remember... I can remember pulling into Saudi Arabia and, you know, they, they told me, now you got to get baptized. And I'm like, what's baptized? You know, and they, and, you know, and they, they explained it to me and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, all right, Jesus did it. Says, Let's do this. You know, and we, we, we get off the ship. We find, you know, the first place we could baptize, to baptize people was outside of a nightclub. It, when it was the, a waterfall, you know, that went into like a, a, a pool and you had Muslim taxi drivers that just had their lights on that were waiting to pick up people. And we just worshiped God and baptized. And, you know, we just started ministering to the taxi drivers and people are coming out of the nightclub, you know, what's going on over, you know, here and just having conversations and praying for people. So I was immersed in this Christian world, but never really had gone to church. And, you know, but, but so, so for me, it was just a, this personal connection, you know, really being solidified and really being strong. But I just learned so much during that time to, you know, to depend on it. Because church is the second point. We're going to get there in a minute. And it is, it, and it is very important. But, but I find sometimes that we can depend on church to take the place of Jesus in our lives, you know, to where, and, and I know that sounds a little odd, church is a huge piece, and church brings us closer to God, but a lot of times, you know, we depend on people, we depend on the pastor, you know, and I just had that experience where I was forced to depend on God. I struggled with anxiety at the time, and I had, uh, when I left for the, the deployment, I had um, uh, Xanax and uh, some other medicine, and I remember I was taking it in the morning and the, the, the guy that led me to Christ was asking me about it and I explained what it was and he took it and he flushed it down the toilet. And I'm like, we're six months. <laughs> and he said, I'm, he said, I have a new uh, prescription for you. And he opens up the Bible to Philippians 4, uh, 4 6. Is it 4, 6, 4, 8? Be anxious for nothing but everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request of god and then the peace of god that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind so when we learn to tap into that relationship he he what goes hand in hand with that is his word you know when you connect with him you start to not only talk with him but you start to hear from him and one word from god man can just dramatically, dramatically changed things. Many of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience. So then when I was discharged from the military, you know, the instructions that my friend gave me is you need to find a good church. You need to find a spirit-filled church that, you know, does all the stuff that we're doing, you know, prays the way we pray, believes in miracles, you know, all of this stuff. So I went back to my hometown in Connecticut, and we found, you know, a, real, a really good church. And I just planted myself there and decided to, to serve. I still, at this point, I have no clue, like, what am I called to do? What is, you know, the purpose for my life? All I knew was I needed to be part of a community 
and I needed to get plugged in. I needed to serve. And I, I'd like to read for you Ephesians uh, 2, 19 uh, through 22, because the, 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 church, the church is incredible. And the church is God's plan. Ephesians says, now through the church, the manifold, the many layer wisdom of God, you know, will be revealed. We are God's plan to reach this world. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I, I just think it's hilarious that he would choose a bunch of, uh, I think, uh, knuckleheads like ourselves, you know, to, you know, to really be the people that he called to influence, you know, San Diego. But I know you pulled this up. I want to go to Ephesians 2.19. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family, and together we are his house built on the foundations of the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together, becoming the holy temple of the Lord. So God is building something spectacular. And he's not building it out of brick and mortar. He's building it out of us. We are his pieces. We are his individual parts. So I cannot succeed without you. You cannot succeed without me. We need each other. Look at somebody around you that you don't know that well and say, I need you. And it's 100% true. So when, 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 when we plant ourselves in God's house, you know, then we start connecting to other parts of the house and other parts of the body. I, I flipped houses for many years. We would buy ugly houses, rehab these things, make them look nice, and sell them. And, you know, oftentimes we would, you know, gut the house down to the studs and then bring in all the new parts, and the contractors would start fastening these parts together. But the interesting thing about individual parts is they're almost useless until they're connected. They're almost useless until they're, until they're connected. You know, you could have a uh, box of doorknobs. Don't know why I'm choosing doorknobs, but let's go with doorknobs. You could have a box of doorknobs sitting in a box, but serving no purpose. And, you know, I, I can, I, I can like, if that doorknob can talk, you know, I'm sure it's like, well, what exactly am I here for? Uh, you know, I kind of I kind of spin. I got this big, like, button on my nose, whatever. But what, what, what do I do? What is my function? What is my purpose? But when that doorknob becomes connected to a door, then, whoa, I, I, I start to see, man, I, you know, because I don't know about you, but does anyone ever wonder, like, you know, why am I like the way I am? Why do I think the way I am? Why do I have these certain tendencies, right? That oftentimes we, ju we just don't understand. And sometimes, you know, we don't even like about ourselves. And what I've discovered is some of the things that I least enjoyed about myself or some of the things that I just really, you know, man, I wish I wasn't like this. I've learned as I've attached myself to God's body that now it makes sense because it fits with this. Do you see what I'm saying? So... So there's a couple things to learn here. One is that when we come into God's house, we need to make an effort to connect to it, uh, to get involved and get to serve, because you could be in the house, but not part of the house. You could still be, you know, the doorknob in the box. 
You know, so it has a purpose, it has a calling, it has a function that will benefit the rest of the house, but it's not connected to the other parts. So God is looking to carefully join us together, but it's for us to, you know, to get involved and to start serving. Now, this is where I know many people and, you know, that I've communicated have been hurt in a church somewhere along the way, you know, from past experiences. You know, so we, um, for many reasons, we tend to kind of, you know, pick and choose, well, I'm okay with this, I'm okay with that. But we'll never really take that step towards understanding who we are, why we were created, until we just say, I'm going all in. You know, I'm going all in, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be vulnerable, I'm gonna trust. And one of the things that attracted Claudia and I most to Awaken is just the vulnerability from, from our leadership. You know, I've grown so much here because I felt comfortable to talk about the things that I struggle with. I felt comfortable to talk about weaknesses. I can remember being at a, being at a merge and Pastor Charles, I don't even know how much, if you know how much you influenced me this night, but we, I, we, we write our burdens, you know, the things we're struggling with on these little two by fours. And then we, we go to a bonfire and we get prayer over them and then we, we throw them in, you know, symbolically releasing these things. And uh, Pastor Charles was the leader of the whole entire conference and he calls the leadership team together and he presents us his board. And he goes one by one by the things and the areas of weakness in his life. And I'm like, I've never seen a leader do this, you know? And, it, and it's, just, it's inspired me so much, you know, to get in. And even, you know, moving from Connecticut, we, you know, we came from a, a good church that we were really involved with. So even for me, my first year, I really didn't go all in here. I felt like the first year I was cheating on my old church. It was weird. But... Um, <laughs> I remember being at men's prayer in Morgan. I, Morgan, you don't even know how much you uh, ministered to me one morning where he just had a word for me. He says, I know, Jeff, I feel like I have a word for you, and I'm all excited. You know, I'm believing for all this stuff. And, and Morgan delivers. You know, it's hard to steer a parked car. And, and I'm like, that's not very exciting. But... But it, he, just, he just read my mail. It's what I was doing. I was, I was sitting back wanting things to happen, believing I should be doing this, I should be doing that, but taking no steps, not stepping out in faith. And he, ju he just read my mail. And from that, from that day, I just said, I'm getting involved. I'm serving. I'm opening my home. I'm doing these things. You know, and just the, as you take those steps, you know, God moves closer to you. But we are a family. You know, we become a Christian when we commit ourselves to Christ. But we become part of his church when we commit to the people in the church. And we make a decision that this is my family. You know, church is not, was never meant to be an event you would attend. It was meant to be a family that you are a part of. Many, many years ago, I, I was watching, a, I think, a Discovery Channel. Uh, it was a documentary on penguins. And they're talking about penguins in Antarctica. And I, I love this stuff. I don't know why, but I love this stuff. And where they live in Antarctica, it could go 40 below zero, winds up to 120 miles an hour, and, you know, just frigid, you know, in, in, you know environment. And the way that they survive, the way that they live, is literally by huddling together. And in this documentary, you see as many as 6,000 penguins huddled together, and they use their feathers in a way to trap heat. And in areas of the huddle, 
they, they, they tested temperature and discovered readings of almost 70 degrees above zero. So their actual life depended on each other and huddling together and creating an environment and creating an atmosphere that gave them life. And the church, our life depends on being connected to the church. This is not something that we can do alone. It's not, it's not something that we're meant to do alone. We need each other, whether we like it or not. We need each other, whether we like it or not. Excellent, excellent. So jump in. Number three, dot number three. So number one is our connection with Jesus, that personal time. Number two is the connection with his church. And then number three is the connection with our connect group. And Jesus modeled this in scripture with his 12 disciples. He attended church regularly. You see uh, scriptures in Luke, as was his custom, as usual. Jesus went to the synagogue, but then you also saw him consistently with his 12, pouring into them, learning from them, and being connected. And this was the part, I never had this really in Connecticut, and this was the part I struggled with the most, because when you get an inner circle around you, when you get people of faith around you, that requires vulnerability. It requires sharing weakness. It requires, you know, sometimes just hanging out and having fun. And I, I, I'm always like a very mission, I wanna be on a mission. I just wanna, you know, get a target, lock in on it, and just, you know, we're all, we're all going this thing. So I always had trouble just hanging out and kind of like socializing. Like, you know, because like, I, you know, I'm like, what, what, like, what's the purpose of this? We could be walking the streets and evangelizing. We could be, you know, you know, we're just sitting around drinking a glass of wine and talking about, like, this is, I, I was very uncomfortable with, the, with that stuff. And, um, and until, until I really saw that purpose, you know, behind it and the importance of having that inner circle. You know, and I mean, in business, they always say, if you look, you wanna see your income, project your income, look at the five people that you spend the most time with and you're gonna end up kind of about an average of what those people, you know, bring in. But it's the same thing in the spiritual, you know, you look at who, who are the people that we spend the most time with and where are they with their path? Where are they with their walk with Jesus? And pretty much give or take on average, you're gonna land somewhere in there. So we wanna, no matter how uncomfortable it is, we wanna put ourselves in connect groups with different types of people. You know, the, the, the Bible also describes our role in the church as part of the body, right? Like an ear, an eye, a hand, and all of this stuff. And I find a lot of times, you know, we gravitate towards who's like us, right? So we find that, you know, we're an ear, so we find a connect group full of ears, right? And we just, we just sit around and talk about where... <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though, right? So I, I've always, you know, I, this was a business philosophy that I've used, but I've, lear I've learned that it's so important in life as well. I want to put myself around people that are different than me. I, I want to be, you know, kind of not the, anywhere close to the smartest person in the room. I want people, you know, pulling me up. I want to learn from them. But we need people to do life with. Pastor Jurgen said this morning, we're created to live in a pack. And uh, another, another documentary for you, Redwood, Redwood Trees. Redwood trees, they could grow 350 feet tall. They live over 2,000 years. And all other trees besides redwood trees have what they call a taproot. This root goes 30, 50 feet into the ground. It acts like an anchor to hold this tree. Redwood trees only go down six to 12 feet with their roots. 
Think about that, a 350 foot tall tree only going into the earth six to 12 feet. And the largest root is only one inch in diameter. So how do they, how do they grow so tall? How do they live so long? Because instead of those roots growing down, they spread out 100 feet in either direction and they intertwine and in some cases fuse together with the roots of the other trees. So now when the storms come, the, the tree isn't on its own. It has the strength of the forest behind it. It has the strength of its inner circle, those trees right around that. So if, if we're not plugged into a, a, a group, if we don't have our, our redwoods surrounding us, then we're literally depending on our own strength, you know, when the, when the wind blows. And, 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 you know, connection, I'll just tell you one, one quick story, and time went by a lot quicker than I thought it would. Um, we had, we had a guy, uh, you know, he came, he visited our church one time and he signed up, said he'd like to, you know, get involved in a connect group. And Claudia got him as a, as a lead, you know, our connect leaders, the church sense, Hey, somebody said they're interested, follow up with them. And we call this guy five times. Claudia does. He never responds. And then she gets him on the phone the sixth time. And, you know, he says, hi, my name is Claudia. You signed up for the, you know, and he just cuts her off. He says, look, I don't want no BS. But he, he actually said the whole word. And Claudia's like, huh, okay. And, he's just, and, and then she starts to describe, you, you need to meet my husband. Yeah, I, think, I think you guys will get along well. So, so, <laughs> so anyways, you know, the, guy, the guy finally makes it out of the Connect group. He's very standoffish. And um, he may be here tonight. I asked permission to tell his story. He's uh, become a very good friend of mine. And uh, so he's there, you know, I said, hey, man, I'd love to get to know you better, take you to lunch, you know, whatever. And, you know, he leaves. And uh, later on that week, I'm in a business meeting. I'm in a conference room, and I just feel a tug on my spirit, the Holy Spirit saying, call this guy. And uh, I literally walked out of the meeting and called him. And as I'm calling him, he's on the phone with his mom. He has a very close relationship with his mom. And she's asking, how did that group go? He said, yeah, you know, it was a good group, you know, seemed like nice people. I talked to the guy that runs it. He says he wants to have lunch, but you know how those Christians are. You know, I'll, I'll never hear from the guy. And less than 10 seconds later, I call him. It's ringing. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, this, this guy's actually calling me, right? So, so I take him to lunch, you know, and I just, just, just love on the guy. He's been through some stuff. He's been hurt by religion, all of these different things. You know, he's been part of the group and he's still, you know, he comes here to the main church off and on, but not too much, but faithful to the connect group. And in a six month period, uh, he was going through some hard financial times, landed an incredibly uh, awesome job, you know, above and beyond what he can imagine. Getting back on his feet during Christmas, he drove home to Colorado brought his whole family together, which had never been together uh, in the past 20 years, and basically led all of them back to Jesus. Uh, and un just unbelievable things. And connection number four is, it's, it's our connection with the world. I don't have time to develop that, but I don't mean connection in the world in terms of doing what they do but reaching out to them. God has called us to be his ambassadors. He's called us to be his mouthpiece. He is depending on us, and he so desperately loves his people. And do I have time for one more story? Claudia and I, uh, we were in Vegas a few um, months ago. I had to go on business, check out some hotels. 
And um, we, I, I brought her with me on a Thursday night. We're flying home on a Friday. And, you know, we go have breakfast and we sit down at a roulette table afterwards just to have some fun and play a little bit. And we're, you know, we're playing and Claudia all of a sudden jumps up and says, oh my God. And she goes running away from the table. And then I'm like, what, what the heck is she doing? And then I see her hugging this guy that is a very good friend that we've known for a long time. And we've known this guy for a long time and it's just random. We, we haven't talked that much in the past couple years, but it's just like random that we'd be in the same place in the same hotel. We're just absolutely, you know, sitting at this table. And, you know, he, he goes over and we're talking and Claudia just says, I need to tell you something. Just God, God has put in this on my heart, but you're being robbed right now. You're being robbed right now and you have a decision to make. And depending on how you choose, it's really going to, you know, you know, really affect the next years of your life. And he starts weeping. And this gentleman um, is a married man. And when Claudia saw him uh, in the casino, he was on his way to the store to buy some condoms because uh, he had a woman in his room that was not his wife. And he was walking through the casino saying, you know, looking for the sign to the store. And he's, he's, he's literally saying to himself, where's the sign? And then Claudia appears. And so we're, we're talking with him and, you know, we're just, because it's not our job to judge. It's never the job to, to judge. If you've been part of a church that has judged you and has beat you down for your mistakes and sin, that's not God. I'm sorry the church treated you like that, but that's not God. It's never our job to judge. It's always our job to love. So we're just loving on this guy. And, you know, and we just say, you know, bring, bring the girl down. Let's go to lunch. And he actually does. And, you know, we go to lunch and, you know, it was a little awkward in the first 10 minutes for them, understandably. But, you know, we just felt it shift and God break through and start speaking to their hearts. And we had, we checked out of a room and we had like three hours until our flight left. So they said, hey, come up to our room, hang out with us. And the power of God just came into this hotel room and we just ministered to them, loved on them. She got a flight out of there. You know, she was just like, I'm, I'm you know, I, I got divorced a year ago. I have four kids. I just turned 50. I'm just, I knew I shouldn't be here, but you know, I, I know Jesus, but I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid he's forgot about me. I'm just afraid that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, you know, really have a happy life, ever meet a husband, all of these things. And my friend is, you know, working on and, you know, made a change to reestablish and get his marriage, you know, going in, in, in the right direction. But God loves us. He loves, if you're here tonight, you don't know him, man. He's, he's chasing after you. But that's, that's how we want to go into the world. And, you know, Pastor Jurgen said something, in, in the, something important this morning about leave, leave legalism and go and connect with grace. And I never knew I, I had a legalistic and kind of religious spirit until I came here. And how you know if you have one is right now you're thinking about the, that story and you're saying, I can't believe he was in a casino at a roulette table. Christ, Christians aren't supposed to. And that's okay, that, that, that's okay. If my first Sunday here and somebody said that, I would have had questions too. I'm just being honest. But I've just learned from this church that God is so desperately, desperately in love with you, desperately. 
So it all started, all of these things, we, we have to be connecting with him. We have to be a, a, become a part of his church. We have to connect to a smaller group and then we need to take it and give it away and share it with the world. But it all starts with that personal connection with him. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.